Thanks for listening to the Surviving Loving an Addict podcast. The views expressed in this podcast must not be interpreted as personalized medical advice. Those experiencing addiction and those with loved ones experiencing addiction are urged to seek medical attention and professional counseling from providers experienced in addiction therapies and treatment. Thank you. Welcome back to the Surviving Loving an Addict podcast. Karsten Millward. David Millward. And tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. So I have a good friend who uh, posed a pretty, I think this is a very valid question. Yeah. I don't know that you and I have the same view on this. We've talked about it a little bit, but uh, uh, so this friend of mine, man, we're, we've been good at making up names lately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recently we went with a Tom and Jerry combo. Right. Uh, in two different stories in the same episode. And a Fred and Gladys. Fred and Gladys. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, are we, we're going to need new names. Okay. But what do you, any suggestions? Can we just, oh, Nacho. Nacho. No, no reason. No endorsements here. I don't think we'll ever get endorsed by anybody. <laughs> we're still waiting on RC Willie. Uh, Mr. Willie, give us a call. Another podcast. <laughs> uh, but all right. So here's the question. Enough uh, GP having, or better, the topic total legalization of drugs so i got a text message and this is cool uh i'm I'm gonna read it because i don't think they'll mind so i just started listening to your podcast i'm about 10 minutes in on episode one with you as a former police officer and your dad as an addiction counselor what do you think of the idea of decriminalizing drugs and treating it as a public health issue and uh the argument is that by changing the stigma about drug addiction, people are more open about getting help. Fewer incarcerations allow money to be funneled to treatment centers instead of policing and prisons. I've read some solid articles about it. I'll send you one with references if I can find it again. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty out there, but it's a valid conversation. And, uh, and I, you know that I respect your opinion so I wanted to have that conversation. Awesome. Total legalization of drugs. My understanding is that Oregon has moved that way. My th- my thought is I, I look into Oregon. I mean, I visited there in 2020 or 2019. I was in Portland. It's, uh, man, it just, every everywhere you go, you smell marijuana. That or they have a serious skunk problem. um but it was everywhere um now that said the legalization looking at it i don't know if uh i think that there's a culture difference in portland yeah i don't know that uh utah for example would become portland if all drugs were legalized i don't know yeah no this is you know this is an interesting question because the, the the argument is is that we allow alcohol and tobacco. So we've legalized them. Why shouldn't we legalize everything else? And uh, because drugs and alcohol, or excuse me, drugs and tobacco kill so many people every year. You know what? Uh, but what's the harm in in legalizing drugs entirely? Number one. Um, 
our societal norms, you know, the things we set up that help us to have a orderly society and everything. Um, one of the things that, you know, we've decided in our laws is, is that certain drugs would not be legal because of um, their value or lack of value to society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've held with that for all these years. Um, now there's a great push for marijuana to make par- marijuana legal and, and available to everybody. Is there value in that? Um, just because something dangerous is out there doesn't mean that it's okay to take the lid off the pot for everything that could be dangerous and just say, you know, people go ahead and do this. In some situations, the cost to society is greater than the worth of letting people just, or, or legalizing Medicaid or legalizing drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that being said, I don't think there's enough done for helping people. You know, and and is it the answer to arrest everybody and put them in jail? And so I, I'll share a story. So there was a time that I made a traffic stop. Um, and the, the gentleman, I'll tell the full story. This is an interesting story. Uh, I actually, I was on the way, I was on shift. I was on my way to the department, to the station. I really needed to pee. And I saw a car run a red light. Everybody's looking at me. Oh, what's the officer going to do? All of a sudden, I had to change my plan. And I really needed to go. So, uh, <laughs> so I do the traffic stop. And uh, backup pulls up behind me, which is good. Um, because it gave me a chance to run over to a hair salon and use the restroom. But I come back and I talk to the guy driving the car and I go, Hey, do you have any bazookas in the car? He goes, Oh no, of course not. Uh, do you have any machine guns? No. Grenades? No. Methamphetamines? And he looks over at the passenger seat. He looks at me. He looks at the passenger seat. He looks at me. He looks back at the passenger seat. Looks at me. He goes, uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Okay. All right. Why don't you come out of the car and you can talk to me and tell me what's going on. All right. So we start having a conversation and he eventually tells me, I have a serious problem. I am so addicted. I can't get help. And I'm so glad you stopped me. Um, and because I, I don't know what to do. So nobody in my family knows. And this is going to shatter their world, but I don't know what to do. Um, well, so he, he gives me the drugs. I don't have to search the car, no search warrant. He gives me the drugs. And uh, and I, I actually had the ability to let him use a phone to call his wife, let her know what was going on, share an apology. And uh, and one of the, the reason I bring this up is because I, at the time, like my heart was breaking for him. I was so happy to... Uh, to be able to help him. But my concern was as a police officer, I couldn't send him to a treatment facility. I, I told him my hands are, I have one thing that I can do. So I can give, I can create charges and I'm going to take you to jail. And a judge is going to look at this and he's going to say, yeah, you need treatment and he's going to mandate treatment. And this is how I, as a police officer can give you help. Right. Aside from that, I don't know. 
Um, and, and, he, and he thanked me for that. He said, yeah. I get that. And I going to jail will help me get away from this. Right. So. Right. So, so jail has an important part that it plays in and punitive, you know, going to jail, being arrested and stuff. But, you know, it's an interesting story. Let's say that, that you don't have the ability to help anybody now because you can't arrest them. You, oh, man. Yeah. And now, and you don't have the resources to be able to send them to treatment anyplace. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that the system is good for is when I can't stop myself and my family can't stop me and my friends can't stop me, I need something, a power larger than me to stop me from doing something that I don't want to do, but I can't quit. And so sometimes the going to jail part of things isn't a curse. It's not that dirty, rotten system. Look what they've done. They put me in jail. It is this gives me an opportunity to break the cycle of using that I'm in. It gives me an opportunity to make a change in my life that may just save me and save my family. Now, for for that one thing alone, continuing, you know, with our society to have, you know, rules on, on you know, using drugs that are illegal or whatever, there's a huge benefit in that. Mm-hmm. Just for that one thing alone. But <clears throat> I'm gonna share so my my stigma then. Like yeah. because you're right, the law creates a stop all. Right. Right. Take somebody to jail. My my issue with the system mm-hmm. is that now it, it does create a stigma. Jail is a bad thing. My my issue, my qualm, is that jail time and charges stick with somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should. I think that right. once you, like, if I could, if I were king for a day, once somebody had been through that process, done the time for the crime, they'd be gone. No record. I, I'm and then, they're, and then they're able to go get a new job and start anew, right? The whole point is to help not to capture people and to tattoo them with charges for right. life that they, they will never leave. Right. I yeah. do not like that. Yeah, it's like taking, uh, you know, the uh, the red hot poker of the D and sticking it on somebody's head says drug addict. Right. You know, no, I'm a, I, and I agree. Excuse me, I agree with that 100%. I think, you know, if I were king for the day, for a day too, I would make it so that you do your time and then the record of it is gone. Now, I say that generally, but there might be some cases where that, you know, for safety or whatever, maybe that doesn't count. But sure. for, let's say drug easier, and alcohol charges. Easier right? said than done. Right. To just erase charges off the board. There are some charges that need yeah. Right. That's, but let's, we'll let's figure this say, out. I'll run for king. You run for king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll be co-kings. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the idea of, of, you know, being to get, you know, doing your time, getting help. Now, so the court, you know, the court legal system there, uh, having the charges that cause a person to stop, have to stop using, have to look at their life, make some adjustments. They go through, they pay, you know, their their debt to society. I'm with you, man, especially with drug charges. Erase them. They don't need to follow them forever. If the person's in recovery, hallelujah. If they're not, they're going to get arrested again and put in jail again. 
but we don't need to carry something behind you that has a mark on it, a target on it that yeah. says this person is bad because they're not bad. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years and I have maybe had in my entire time of tens of thousands of clients, I might be a couple of people that I would say, oh, that's a bad person, you know, that scared me because of, you know, how ingrained or whatever. But the rest of them are amazing, wonderful people that have gotten stuck in difficult places. Huge numbers of them have been saved by going to jail. That's wonderful. You know, even those people, you know, fighting to get jobs and lives and stuff, all right, has been difficult, but it's a better fight than putting them in the ground because they couldn't stop using. Yeah. Man, I, so I'll tell you, um, I'm going to share a secret. I got arrested. <laughs> I got arrested once. Okay. Yes, right. you did. I pretend like I'm sharing the secret with you, but yeah, I always know the secret. <laughs> yeah, you remember. Uh, I got arrested for I was driving too fast. I was driving real fast in Nevada. <laughs> uh, my license. I don't know. I was start. I started paying the ticket, but I didn't get paid all the way through. So they just they uh they issued a warrant that suspended my license. I got a ticket for driving without a license in Utah, and then I didn't go to court. And that went to warrant, and then I got pulled over for a brake light. This was all before I was a police officer. Uh, I got pulled over for a brake light, and guess what, Mister Millward, you have a you have a, an, a warrant for your arrest. You're under arrest. I got taken to jail, and the reason that I share this is because I knew that I had a speeding ticket, and I really needed to get it taken care of, and I've been meaning to get it taken care of, but I, I was working, right? I had a lot of stuff going on. And then I had the other ticket and I knew I needed to get that taken care of. And a lot of things were going on, but, and I think that that's probably, you could compare that to the life of an addict. Like right. you start slipping down a slope. It's like, I'll get there. I'm going to stop sometime. And for me, guess when I took care of those tickets, <laughs> when they took me to jail and I had nothing else I could do until I got, until I fixed it. I had a situation that I absolutely had to fix. Before I could pass go and collect two hundred dollars, and I, I did not collect two hundred dollars. I lost a lot of dollars, but um, does actually, that make sense? yeah. And you know what? Actually, this is a really good story because here's the other part of it. The other part of it is, even though you went to jail, even though you were arrested, you know, a few years later you became a police officer. <laughs> True story. Right. True story. And um, and and a few years later, after that, you became a mechanical engineer. Yeah. And. I gotta share the best part of the story. Okay, I, I do. Okay, <laughs> when uh, the city that I, one of the cities that I work for, is a police officer. Um, you have a field training officer, a guy that is in your car with you for the first couple of weeks, and then you trade through him. But the first field training officer that I had, I sat down in the car, I looked over at him, I thought, "Oh man," <laughs> I said, because guess who it was? <laughs> I looked at him, I said do you recognize me? He said, nope. And I said, great. <laughs> the The department was very aware of everything that had happened, but he didn't need to be in the loop. And, uh, but yeah, that guy sitting next to me, he was the one that had arrested me and kind of gave me the idea that being, a, being in the front seat of the police car would be cooler than the back seat. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, Let's so when we go back, you know, we started off talking about legalization of all drugs. And, and the reality is, is the damage to our society that it would create you know, the unregulated use of drugs, 
uh, in so many different situations. But if you just take and say, okay, of all the people that will be using the drugs, how many of them are going to become addicted to it? And how many of those people that are addicted are going to be to that place where society has to take care of them? Or society pays a serious price. Society pays incredible price in illegal behavior, right? Yeah. Okay. Because to maintain my drug use, and I don't care if I'm getting it from the pharmacy or getting it from a, a, a dealer or whatever, there's going to be a cost to it. Right. And I'm going to have to be able to do something to come up with the money to pay that cost. Now, for a lot of people, for a long time, they'll be working and they'll get money. But when you're not able to work anymore, then what are you going to do to be able to provide, you know, even those those legal drugs that you want to use all the time? How are you going to take care of that? Yeah, that is a solid point. There's not a simple answer to this question. Because, no, there's not. Because you do think, like, personally, I think, oh, yeah, well, anything you can do to decrease the stigma with right. drug addiction is a good thing, right? right. Um, but... A drug addiction, when we talk about addiction, and especially an opiate addiction, and everything that we've talked about in previous episodes, like, this is a big deal. And this, like, it will push someone's brain to the edge to do terrible things that they would never do otherwise. Okay. And, it, and that will cost society. Like, that is a danger, dangerous thing to society. So to, to do something that says, oh, yeah, drugs, here you go, let the drugs flow into the into society it would be reckless yeah uh, and so to not control drugs and have laws for addictive serious addictive drugs would, would yeah. be a terrifying thing well, yeah you think about it in the sense of how many people are killed by drunk drivers annually yeah right now let's just open it up and say hey everybody gets free reign on whatever drugs they want to use well, what's going to happen to those people when they get in the car and they start driving? Do you, you know, there's no more, hey, you know, hiding this or, or you know, only using this. I mean, it's like, uh, it's it's free and available. How many more people will be enticed to use it? Well, that's always a concern, right? But, but amplifying or magnifying the number of people now out doing things just as simple and easy as driving a car. You know, in your first and, example. And, and, yeah. Please, okay, continue. First example, when you ask the young man, do you have a bazooka in your car? Well, my head was going to this idea that says, because you're driving this automobile in a way that can, you know, hurt people like a bazooka or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. But you put somebody behind the wall, the, the wheel that is high out of their mind, and they are. They're driving a lethal weapon. Yeah. Well, and I would argue a lot of people, a lot of people use alcohol responsibly. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, there are people that think that they are using alcohol responsibly that are driving. And <laughs> and if like if you if you were to formulate that percentage, right, because sometimes people people make mistakes. Right. And you're a little bit more prone to make the, the mistakes. Once you're intoxicated, you're in a different mindset. Right. You apply that to all of the drugs. And you and you crank the lever of now they're legal and it's up to you to make the decision as to whether or not you're high. Like, okay, just driving incidents alone, there's going there would be an added danger. Like, there would be it would be more dangerous to drive home from work each day. Yeah, it would be hard to to argue against that. I think. 
Yeah. Now, let's add one more wrinkle to this, because one of the problems in a household where you've got addicts and addiction, and let's say, you know, in ones where both mother and father are using, what happens to the children in that household? Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't matter, like, to say, well, okay, let's remove the stigma and let's get them help. Well, one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit is that there's one thing, jail is kind of rock bottom and it can help to be a a point of realization. Right. Oh, wow, I have a problem, I need help, right? right? But when somebody's going into treatment, it takes a it takes a very conscious personal decision to say, I want to change. So it doesn't matter what funds you throw at treatment centers in the state. People still have to be ready to make that decision. And so probably having consequences is huge, right? It's it's fundamental to change. There's a rule in recovery or addiction that says I cannot stop using until it's more painful and difficult to use than it is to quit. If I don't have consequences, if I don't run into that wall, I can't quit. Not that I don't want to quit. Not that I I hate what I'm doing, where I'm at, what's going on. You know, you know we think as, as loved ones, we can tell them how disappointed we are in them. And you can't say anything to an addict that is worse than what they tell themselves about who they are or how they've let people down. But until I reach that place where it is more painful and difficult to use than it is to quit, I can't quit. All right. Now, here, here's one of the crazy things about uh, Washington for anybody up in Washington. As I watched a program about how they do things, they pick them up, they pick people up and they take them into treatment and, you know, try to help them and stuff. But here's the deal. You throw billions of dollars at people that don't really care about quitting. And you're flushing that money down the drain. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that, right? Yeah. Like parents sending their children to treatment centers, willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And if that that individual hasn't made that decision, then it's a waste of money. And I like, unfortunately, sometimes when the government does things and this, the government spends money, they're really good at spending and not that great at reaping the benefits. Right. So you multiply the... That, it could get worse. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about is the severity of consequences, right? We talk about jail being a rock bottom. But a second ago, you talked about two parents using in a home. Imagine two parents legally using opiates in a home and what that does for the kids. I think that having jail time be the rock bottom is a very good thing when you compare it to lowering the standard to now rock bottom is I absolutely destroy my children. The state cannot protect them from me. No one can protect them from me. I'm unable to function, yet I'm not breaking laws and there's nothing that can be done. That, the rock bottom, yeah, jail. Jail is a beautiful rock bottom because it's actually a little bit up and raised for a lot of people. It protects yeah. me and it protects my loved ones from yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the whole idea of, hey, let's just 
have a free-for-all, doesn't work in society. It doesn't work in a functioning society, right? So, uh, you know, the other thing we, we were talking about, and, you know, is uh, marijuana, medical marijuana. Yeah. Because there's a huge press, uh, a huge push. To legalize to marijuana. Just acts for recre- recreational, right? Sure, yep. So foot in the door with, with the medical marijuana. Now that's not good enough. Let's do the recreational marijuana. And the problem is a couple of things. First of all, the fallacy of medical marijuana, my personal opinion, and you know, I know there's going to be a whole bunch of people jumping up and down and, and carrying on saying I'm wrong on this, but here's my, I, my deal is the fallacy of medical marijuana. If marijuana is unregulated or the dosing of it is unregulated, and you get your, you know, your supply of, of pot, and you're able to just smoke whatever you want. Tell me what the difference between that and just having a bag of heroin is. Okay, so you're saying if I go to the doctor and I get a prescription, mm-hmm. the prescription says how many pills I get and what size. Yeah. And uh, you're saying a marijuana card a medical marijuana card says you get all of the marijuana. Congratulations. There's no dose limitations. There's, There's no standardized dosing. So you're saying that, so you're saying we're calling it medical marijuana, but you get a doctor to say, yep, now you get to use recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally, I, I think that marijuana is a phenomenal tool. Oh, yeah. Um, well, let's go back to say this. That THC, the active yeah. psychoactive component of marijuana, has incredible medicinal things. Yeah. And we're discovering more all the time, right? So that in and of itself is not a bad thing. And and taking it and having it so that it is uh, put into pharmaceutical properties, right? So so now here what we do is we know the components, we put it in doses that are that are uh, measurable. So responses and everything, you know, and and then you can dose it out. And for specific things, I think it's going to be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But the actual taking marijuana and smoking bud until I feel better is part of the basics of addiction and addictive behavior. Being able to regulate how I feel by using them chemical. And self-medicate. Self-medicating. Okay, right. so you're so you're pointing out the fallacy is that we're calling it medical, medical marijuana when there's when we're leaving the science isn't really there. Right. Okay. Right. And so and so look, if you want to call it recreational marijuana and people put a push on it, of course I'm going to I'm going to object because introducing another drug into the society and all that. But but power to everybody and if it happens and that's fine, we'll deal with it. But don't call it medical marijuana because calling it medical marijuana is an absolute farce, right? Call it what it is, and I'm content with we deal with it. Yeah. Right? So, That's my deal. Yeah. I want I want to know. So you would draw a very hard line. If, if, if somebody else were king for the day, but they consulted you and they said, we're going to legalize something. 
recreational use. Do we legalize everything or do we legalize marijuana? What would you say? Well, here's the way that I answer this, right? When somebody comes into my into yeah. our clinic, and let's say that they're using heroin, right? They're they're shooting up black tar heroin, and uh, for laughs and giggles, they're also uh, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and smoking uh, pot. Right? Yeah. Here's my concern. Let's see if we can help them stop doing the thing that's going to kill them today. So then you're aiming at the heroin. Aiming at the heroin. Yeah. Am I going to beat them up about smoking pot or drinking? How dare you smoke cigarettes, drink pot. Uh, wow. Don't yeah. drink pot. Yeah. <laughs> drink, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol. What else did we say? Doing heroin. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so, you know, and to be totally honest, in our clinic, we have seen people get marijuana cards that have done wonderful as far as managing some of the things in life. Okay, it's much better than when they were using heroin or when they were using, you know, something else. But is it the answer? I don't think so. And to call it the answer when it's self-medicating, I think is wrong. Because then when do you draw the line on any kind of psychoactive medication, you know, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, you know, um, go down the whole list of stuff and say, well, you know, just open the door and let me have whatever I want. Let me self-medicate. Okay, so one of my views, and yeah, that is a good point. Because one of my views has been, if alcohol is legal, how can you say that another natural substance like marijuana shouldn't be legalized when right now but but you but you make a really good point like uh, you have to you do you and i agree that you do have to draw a line somewhere yeah for for the benefit of society to have a society where you can walk down the sidewalk safely you have to draw a line somewhere and it gets really hard to do that every time you legalize something and so I, w- I will concede to that. They're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I My view is that marijuana should probably be rec- recreationally legalized. But I do benefit, I think, like as, as a member of society based on marijuana not being legal right now. Like average... I would suggest the average quality of life is better for the planet when it's not legalized. Yeah. I mean, um, there's more to it because sure. drugs don't come from nowhere. And and actually, you know, interestingly, when you said when you say a natural plant, right? Sure. Don't do that because uh, cocaine <laughs> is a plant and heroin yeah, well, yeah, is a plant. And so, right. you know, there are synthetics and stuff out there, right? But... But, uh, but you know, we, we we derive these other things from plants, too. Oh, man. See? Well, so uh, we took a question. Yeah. We have shared our opinions. Maybe we, we didn't go too far for some people, but, you know, or far enough. But It's a fun discussion. We, we don't have all the answers, and I'm happy to admit that. Me, too. But, uh... That was fun. And we are open to questions. So get a hold of us anytime. 
because if you have a question send it to us to me slash us and uh, until then we're going to call it thank you for joining us on the surviving loving an addict podcast I'm getting better at saying it yeah you are <laughs> no this is Dave Millward I'm Karsten Millward have a good night